Okay, so today we're going to be doing our first Making It Simple. So we're going to be talking a bit more about a specific feature in one Revenant Labs product. So today we're going to be talking about Singularity and we're going to be talking about liquidity, uh, providing liquidity uh, to Singularity and all the different bits that come with that. So to begin with, uh, we'll just run around who's here to have that conversation. Uh, and the idea is that by the end of this, you have a really clear picture of um, what this feature is, um, why it's uh, different to other things that are out there, uh, and just uh, generally a, a better set of knowledge related to it. So um, I'm Chad Lee. I work on the team as um, the communications, um, and I'm going to be hosting today. Uh, who else have we got here with us? We've got uh, Zam. Zam, just say hello. Hey, guys. I'm one of the founders here. Perfect. Uh, Entropy, do you want to say hello? Hey guys, uh, I'm the main Solidity dev for Singularity. Perfect. And Crypto, do you want to say hello? Hi, uh, yes. I'm a core team member. I'm focused on product and strategy. Okay. So today what we've got is a blend of different people and the idea is we're going to look to sort of deliver um, a, a really sort of broad ranging set of um, analysis of this so that it's, it's both simple but there's some complexity to it as well. So to begin with, uh, thinking about uh, liquidity providing generally, so for Singularity, um, obviously people can make their way over and provide liquidity. Um, would someone like to just briefly explain what that actually means? What does it mean to provide liquidity? Providing liquidity means, in the case of Singularity, taking a single asset that we support and depositing it into the pool, and then you, know, you get back an LP token like you would in any other normal AMAP. Could you just give an example as well of, a, of a, a token that we are likely to support or we're going to support at launch? Sure. So Singularity will be focused on stable coins and larger assets like Bitcoin and ETH, but also uh, USDC, USDT and DAI. And it, it might be worth mentioning as well now, uh, maybe Zam, if you want to jump in here. Um, do you want to just briefly explain why that is? So we're focusing on a smaller core set of uh, tokens that you can provide liquidity for. Why is it just those tokens? The reason here is our liquidity or our product as a whole requires oracles and reliable and fast oracles. So the only tokens that we can really support are ones that support that. Um, so how an oracle gets to that reliability is to be a well-known token that is traded across multiple uh, centralized exchanges and DEXs, and there's only a certain number of tokens that qualify for that. And in this case, ETH, Bitcoin, some of the what we could call blue chip tokens. So this is why only a subset or a small list of tokens are able to be used as liquidity in our uh, swap. So there's a small number of tokens that um, fit our profile for what we would deem to be acceptable to work with the way the Singularity is set up because um, they need to have really good sort of market depth and they need to have oracles and be tracked uh, across uh, different CXs. Um, so with some of those assets in mind, let's say I had one of those assets. So I had BTC, for example, I've got Bitcoin and I make my way over to Singularity and I want to deposit it. Um, why, why would I choose to deposit it at Singularity as opposed to somewhere else, for example? So there's several advantages to Singularity. Uh, first of all, is it's single-sided, so there's no impermanent loss risk. Uh, and then when you, when you, you know, say it's single-sided, you mean it's just that one asset you're going to be providing? Correct. You don't need to deposit multiple assets at a time. You could deposit just the BTC or just the ETH or just USDC. 
So then it's very simple to reason about your profit and loss. You deposit in the one token and then you accrue trading fees. And then when you withdraw, you should have more than you started with. Perfect. Okay. So one big benefit is the idea of that it being single-sided. So you're only providing that asset, which reduces or removes, in fact, it eliminates in this case, I think the problem that comes um, of a permanent loss, otherwise generally across Uniswap style um, uh, AMMs, correct? Correct. Okay. And then um, are there any downsides that users should be aware of just straight off the bat? So there's no impermanent loss and it's single side providing. Um, but is there anything that's different with Singularity that users should know about? Sure. So you are reliant on the Oracle to give accurate prices as a liquidity provider because you have to settle the trade at the Oracle price. So the, the risk would be that the Oracle doesn't give an accurate price. And that's why we've chosen these only these large tokens with very uh, well-established, quick updating chain link oracles to back them. And so these oracles as well, just to expand a little bit on oracles for those who are listening who aren't really sure on oracle is, my understanding of it is um, an oracle is something that sends data in from the world outside of the blockchain, for example, um, so that that data can be used on chain. Is that right? Correct. So in the case of a price feed, it's considered to be from outside the blockchain because even if there are DEXs that would give you a price, those DEXs might have limited liquidity. They might be able to be manipulated. And so what the Oracle does is it aggregates prices from many different sources, including other chains and centralized exchanges, and gives you one reliable price feed that would be prohibitively expensive to manipulate. Once I've provided my liquidity, I bring my BTC or another asset that we know is being tracked by a wide range of different oracles, uh, which we can then aggregate together to come to a conclusion about whether or not this asset actually is the price that it claims to be, um, using those CEXs, for example, as a more reliable barometer. I provide my um, BTC, and then you mentioned over time, um, through that single side mechanism, I then earn rewards. W what rewards am I earning? So for now, when we launch, you will just be earning trading fees. Uh, you know, we reserve the right, of course, to add uh, liquidity uh, mining rewards in the future. But, but certainly at the beginning, we plan on just being trading fees. So um, the trading fee will depend on if it's a stable swap or a swap between uh, what we call risky assets or volatile assets. How do I receive those fees? Sure. So the fees, they uh, get added back into the pool and then the uh, the value of the LP token goes up. So you get a certain number of LP tokens when you initially add liquidity, and then the price per share of those LP tokens goes up over time, so that when you withdraw, uh, you'll get more back than you started in the token that you deposited. Okay. So for me as a liquidity provider, I arrive at Revenant, I deposit my BTC or whatever other assets I'm able to deposit. It's a single side stake or a single side um, a deposit. Um, I then am earning fees in the background, and when I go to take back out my um, original deposits, I will have those uh, fees compounded into my original amount. Correct. It operates the same way that um, you know Curve does, for example, where you have a, a price per LP token that goes up over time. So when you withdraw those LP tokens, you can then convert them into more stable coins than you started with. In our case, it'll be whichever asset you deposited, you'll get more than you started with. And then over time, is it likely that there'll be more assets that I can deposit on Singularity, obviously depending on the um, security factors we've spoken about before? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we separate the different assets into groups based on risk. And so we will be adding new groups in the future. Um, in particular, we want to be adding a group for other stable coins, including CUSD. And then probably CUSD, FTM as well. CUSD, of course, being the uh, uh, Crediton stablecoin, uh, another product within the Revenant Labs suite. Okay. And, um, I think. I want to. I want to clarify a little bit more about the tranches too. So please do. Um, so, for example, we may have a tranche for let's say very safe assets or have very reliable oracles. So this could include like a Bitcoin, ETH, Dai. USDC tranche, right? And then we may have, and then we will have, let's say, something a little bit more risky. Um, let's call this like the CUSD pool, since UCSD currently doesn't have an oracle. That would be CUSD and USDC. So in this case, you would actually have two different types of LP tokens for these two different USDCs. So each the, the LPs for these two, the safe, the USDC, and the safe tranche, and in the risky tranche are uh, different LP tokens. They have different benefits, uh, risk rewards, depending on which tranche you are in. But they still use the same underlying asset. And this tranche system is over time how more assets are planned to be introduced? Correct. It, it allows us to kind of uh, block off risk for certain LP providers. Okay, I, I think that's a good summary of providing liquidity on Singularity. Are there any other bits that I've missed, guys, that you want to just pop in here? I think that, that we need to clarify why it would be more risk to add, say, you know, UST or other stable coins in the same tranche mm -hmm. as the original stable coins. And the reason is to the extent that the Oracle that backs that stable coin is not quite as accurate as the major ones that could introduce risk in the event that say UST loses its peg, but the Oracle doesn't update fast enough. Whereas with USDC, USDT, and DAI, we have accurate oracles and we have pretty good assurances that they will keep their peg. But with some of these other stable coins that have a higher probability of losing their peg, may not have as accurate an oracle. It means that there is greater risk to the other assets in the tranche. Fundamentally, the intention here is uh, to keep things as safe as possible. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think we should also go over uh, exactly how the deposit and withdrawal fees go or work. Um, I think mm. that part is quite complicated. I think crypto, do you be better at explaining this concept though? Sure. So there are very small withdrawal and deposit fees baked into every withdrawal and deposit. And the purpose is to avoid a very specific type of gaming the system where you can use a deposit rate and then make a profitable swap where it's a risk-free swap. So uh, it's, it's pretty difficult to describe in words. So uh, I, I think the, the, the best way to think about it is as follows, that we have a slippage curve and at different points on the slippage curve, slippage is either higher or lower. And without this withdrawal or deposit fee, you could move where the curve is to a place of higher or lower slippage that would be profitable for you as a trader. And then you could just withdraw the liquidity that you just deposited after making that profitable swap with no loss to yourself. So uh, deposit and withdrawal fee, what we're able to do is calculate the maximum possible profit from that profitable trade. 
and then we charge a fee that will offset that maximum possible profit. And in doing so, we eliminate the chance for anybody to game the system. Now, luckily, the way the math works out, that deposit and withdrawal fee can be very, very small and still achieve its aim. So fundamentally, the reason for the small, very, very small deposit and withdrawal fees that do impact liquidity providers is predominantly to prevent against this attack. Yes, because swaps, the way swaps work in our system is on one side of the trade, you're swapping in a token and that will always give you positive slippage on that pool. And then when you get another token out, that swap out incurs a negative slippage. But it's sometimes possible that the swap in positive slippage is greater than the swap out negative slippage, slippage, which gives you a net positive result from the trade. So there, there was a vulnerability potentially without this fee where you could swap in and then swap out and then make either a deposit or withdrawal depending on the circumstances that would then allow you to reverse the swap, basically go back to where you started, but end up with more of the original token than you started with. So it would be essentially a risk-free ARB, but it would be an ARB of the LP tokens or on the LPs. And so we can't let that happen. And so by introducing this fee, we can calculate the maximum possible profit from that ARB and charge a fee that offsets that exactly to make it mathematically deterministic that it's not possible to profit from that ARB. And by ARB, you mean arbitrage. And by arbitrage, you mean taking advantage of different prices for the same asset. Yeah, well, exactly. And without risk is the key. So uh, uh, basically a system of swaps that would result in you starting with a certain amount of one token and ending up with more of that starting token without any risk. Okay. okay. I think that explains the deposit fees and the withdrawal fees. Um, any other bits we need to slip in here to cover on the liquidity provision side? I don't think that's good. Um, in which case, that's a wrap, and we'll see you guys next time for the next Making It Simple.